portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Coming up this month, oh, Santa could be nice to you. A lot of winnings to get. Go to PaysBig.com. PaysBig.com. Maybe make a stay. Make a night of it. Go down there and hang out. Look out over the city and the hotel. Some of the lights. Nice. Nice. Go to PaysBig.com. That's PaysBig.com. Make your reservations and get your game on today. Um, Mark says, by the way, Bill Belichick, he's got six rings. He doesn't cry. You're right. When's the last time you saw Bill Belichick cry? Now, everybody's got a different emotional tenor. Okay? Um, I get emotional. I think we all do. I don't, you know, if a, if a guy is, if he's got his heart and soul into it, and he drops some tears. I don't have a problem with it. Pac fan says, yeah, Belichick is a robot. He doesn't count. Yeah, he's kind of like, you know, he's he's something out of the future. You know? He's not real. I think if you rip his face off, it's just all electronics. Remember, he disguised himself as, as his dog during COVID for the draft. <laughs> Belichick's not real. I could see Belichick doing a speech. Uh, you know, guys, really good effort today. Um, I'm getting weepy up here. Um, nice effort. Nice job. Give me a second. There you go. Um, uh, you know, nice win. Uh, you know, good good effort. Uh, I'm proud of you. You guys did really well. I'm going to give the game ball to, uh, to, to Bailey Zappi just because his name's Bailey Zappi. And uh, I'm about to weep openly, so I'm, I'm going I'm to stop this. Hold on. There you go. I'm done weeping. So uh, that, that's going to be it. Uh, you appreciate it, and uh, you know we'll we'll see you at practice on Wednesday. Damn, you're going to put me to sleep, right? That's Bill Belichick. You got to run outside to slam an appendage in a car door just to be able to wake yourself up after one of his pressers. Bill, you just won a Super Bowl. I feel great. Feel great. Um, you know, feel great. Um, my wife's pretty hot. I got a dog. Going home. That's it. <laughs> so you should you should see my car doors after Lafleur press conferences. Oh, I can only imagine. Looks like golf balls have been hitting you for weeks. Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> uh, Dwayne, oh my God, Dwayne, you're killing me. Says he wonders if Bill Belichick's ever had a bag of Funyuns. You got it. You got another joke. <laughs> Nothing says fun like Funyuns. <laughs> Oh, my goodness, you're killing me. Oh, I got it. I got it. Uh, by the way, Deshaun Watson uh, had his presser today. I don't know if anybody saw that. They carried it live, the, the entire length of it. They're in Berea, Ohio, up near Cleveland, in near Cuyahoga County. And um, Deshaun Watson uh, refused to talk about anything off the field today. It was only about on field and coming back, and that was it. It's been 700 days since he's played football. 700 days. You wonder how he's going to be this weekend. What else do we have here for you? Frank says, uh, hey, unit, uh, to answer your question, where do I put the blame? I put it on Matt LaFleur. He knows his defensive coordinator is bad and yet refuses to acknowledge it and actually shames reporters for asking the question, that is lame. That's from Frank. Frank, appreciate the email. Appreciate it. Hey, coming up at the bottom of the hour, by the way, we're going to get into our NFL picks. 
And we'll start looking at our pick. We did it last night, but we'll start looking at our picks against the spread today. Uh, ben, you got an update as to how we're doing? Did I, I? I think I took it in the shorts over the weekend last week. You went one, one, and one, like the average picker that you are. Really? You're now seventeen, seventeen, and two. So congratulations. Oh, that sucks. I am seventeen, seventeen, and two. That sucks. I'm exactly two games behind. Fifteen, nineteen, and two. Which means I need some sure things this weekend. Because those definitely exist. Yeah, right? Not right now they don't. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, do it. Give us a shout. Uh, and if you want to hit us up over on Twitter, you can do so. Find us there. At Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. At Ben Z. Kenny. Got some emails to get to as well. Our buddy Steve says, when you ask the question, if the play, if it's the players or the coaches, he says, my answer is yes. They're both responsible but you need to add the general manager in there as well we all know that the third round drafting prowess uh, of this team is awful but the loss of Zadaria Smith is also huge as you mentioned he was a leader on the defense and the Packers are missing that which in my uh, which in my mind fails directly and falls directly in Goody's lap uh, at the uh, at the end of the year Mark Murphy We'll need to look at the overall situation, Goody included. Joe Barry should be fired as they walk off the field after the Detroit game, and LaFleur is going to be on double-secret probation. The coaching staff lies directly on LaFleur's shoulders, and he'd be committing career suicide if he retains Joe Barry. In my opinion, nobody is safe after this season is done. Lastly, I haven't heard if Rashawn Gary's surgery was a success or not. Do you have any insight? That's our buddy Stephen Richfield. I don't. Uh, maybe when we check in with Mike tomorrow, but I have not heard word one about Rashawn Gary's. I mean, they always come out and say, you know, the surgery surgery was a success, but do they give us the details? No. No. They don't, don't usually do that. Dennis in the email inbox says, the cause of the Packers collapse this season is very simple if you look closely. And that's the Packers have an offensive coordinator pretending to be a head coach. If you understand the hierarchy and its rules in business, you know what I mean. Before LaFleur came to Green Bay, he was an offensive coordinator, a tier below the head coach. He had no responsibility to hire, discipline, or fire coaches. He and his fellow coaches could become close friends, never having to discipline one another. That job was the responsibility of the evil head coach, and they could all joke about it. And as we've seen from LaFleur since he was hired, he's done a very good job of the basic duties as a head coach. We've also seen that he's never wanted to and avoided or simply just incapable of being the disciplinarian to his coaching staff. He promoted his totally unqualified friend, Mo Drayton, to special teams coordinator, which was a complete failure because LaFleur saw him more as a friend versus a subordinate. He couldn't bring himself to fire him mid-season. He fired his friend eventually, the to or he hired his friend eventually, the total incompetent Joe Barry as his defensive coordinator. Another complete failure. LaFleur, with his offensive coordinator mindset, can't bring himself to fire coaches in season the team especially the players on defense are tired of the floor blaming them in public while protecting his inept coaching friends the players morale is down so is their effort if their head coach won't fire them they aren't willing to fight for them and risk injury for these guys until mark murphy or somebody explains the importance of following rules and responsibilities of the hierarchy lafleur and his team will continue to fail the team has plenty of talent but it has an imposter as a head coach. Will LaFleur ever step up to be an actual head coach and disciplinarian that this team needs? Question mark. That's from Dennis. Damn. Damn. 
Uh, and, oh, by the way, one last parting shot on that. Paul says, and you are right, didn't Bart Starr regret hiring his friends on his coaching staff? You are correct. Bart did. He did because it was, while it was a lot of good brain trust in the room, it was kind of a free-for-all, so to speak, when it came to the ability to manage. You are correct. Good stuff today. People are just on their game. I don't totally agree with Matt LaFleur has the inability to uh, to hire and such, but I'll tell you this. First of all, the, the coaching ranks, it's it's an incestuous business. Uh, it just is. You can't you can't avoid it. You're going to hire somebody that knows somebody that knows somebody that's in the business. It just is. But the the grasp of head coach and staff, you can look at guys and say that guy is completely in control. Andy Reid completely in control. Bill Belichick completely in control. Mike Vrabel completely in control. You can look at some of these coaches and go, Mike Tomlin, he's struggling, but completely in control. I like him. like him a lot as a head coach. A lot of these guys you can look at and go, boy, they don't have control. They don't have control of their staff. They, they, are, they don't appear to be, I don't want to say feared, but there's this level of fear slash respect and vice versa. Yeah. Lindy Infante was too loyal. Uh, you're right. It, it appears that more Rodgers has control than LaFleur. Um, or so Rodgers was given that control along Rod- with the money. Right. Well, that was – that. Was, see, Matt LaFleur kind of got put behind the eight ball because when he came in, the number one thing he had to do was not necessarily install a new playbook, but it was massage the ego of Aaron Rodgers. That's what it was all about. I mean, remember, they had to call Aaron to tell Aaron, we're hiring this guy. You know, can you call him? And it was a conversation between those two guys that they had to they had to get on the same page. Now, people criticize that, but don't forget, in the realm of the NBA, that's exactly what the Bucks did when they hired Coach Budenholzer. Is before they made the announcement, they sat him down with who? Giannis and Chris Middleton. Those two guys had to give the thumbs up. So they had to get on the same page because in some way you want to take you you want your guy to take ownership. Rogers calls him up, say, Hey, Aaron, we're gonna hire this guy. Give us give us your thoughts. And Aaron's like, yeah, okay, it's good. So you 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 have an invested interest, a vested interest, because you're the guy that also okayed this guy. So if he fails, it's because your word also failed. So you you have a little bit of ownership of this. You know? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. That's, you know, that that's he was kind of put behind the eight ball because of that situation, and then everything became exacerbated after the fact. I agree with that. Uh, again, coming up bottom of the hour, we're going to get into our picks coming up. Tonight's contest on the docket. you got the Bills on the road taking on the Patriots. That's going to be a good one. Both teams need it. Both teams need it. you got the Bills coming up tonight who uh, are trying to climb back towards the top spot in the division. In the meantime, you've got uh, the uh, the Patriots – they're hanging on. They're trying to remain in the hunt for uh, the postseason. 
Right now in the East, uh, the Bills are tied with the Dolphins for the top spot out of the AFC, in the AFC East, I should say. And you've got uh, the New England Patriots at 6-5. and five. They are still in the hunt as of right now. They're the eighth seed if uh, the season were to end today. The eighth seed, they get a win. They're up there with uh, the Jets. They're up there with Cincinnati. Because right now, Buffalo is the fifth seed. The fifth seed overall. And trying to knock Miami out of that top spot. Because Miami's got, uh, with, they get the tiebreaker over Buffalo on the head-to-head win percentage right now. So Miami's the top dog. Meanwhile, Buffalo's a wild card. Cincinnati's a wild card. The Jets would be the wild card. And New England's right there on the outside looking in. So they, it's a big one tonight. Big one tonight for both of these teams. 877-867-1670. Hit us up again. 877-867-1670. Give us a buzz. We're going to get back at it. With phone calls and such when we come back this portion of the program. Brought to you by our good friends at New Mail Medical. Treating guys with ED all over the, the state of Wisconsin. Well beyond the borders. Christmas time is near. And if uh, you don't have the appropriate Yule Log, wink, wink, then uh, you need to give our friends at New Mail Medical a call. 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. They can help you out. How about the cakes, cookies, pies, and such? And it's all starting to go to the midsection, and you would like to lose a little weight. Going into 2023, why not a new you through new mail? 414-455-4451. Or maybe you just want to feel better. Not so moody, not so up and down. Get some energy back. Could be low T treatments. If you're over the age of 30, it takes you 10 minutes. Can't do anything if you don't call. 414 414- Four five five four four five one four one four four five five four four five one. That's a new mail medical center. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. season you know what that means we're drinking get your drink on friends at forgotten fire winery uh reminding you that if you're going to go to that holiday party the gathering the family whatever it happens to be don't come empty-handed show up with something from wisconsin from right here in our own backyard that's our friends at forgotten fire winery go to forgottenfirewinery.com look for it by name in your liquor stores grocery stores wine stores forgotten fire winery and if you're in Peshtigo near the winery Stop in for a tasting, and you can figure out which one it is you like the best. Pick up a couple of bottles right then and there. Use Drop our name when you go in. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. That's ForgottenFireWinery.com. Let's go to our buddy Jason in Green Bay. Jason, welcome to the program, man. What's going on? Um, not much, man. I like to say uh, first-time caller here. I really enjoy listening to you. I wish I'd put you on the FM side because not many people in this area like Jim Rome. But anyway... Um, I want to, uh, you know, a lot of people are going to completely disagree with me on this, including yourself, and I understand why, but honestly, I think uh, Matt LeFleur needs to be fired for not firing uh, Joel Berry after that atrocious defensive team. It's not been good, never has. Um, And, you know, bringing in, even if he did fire Joel Berry, how many good defensive coordinators are going to want to come play underneath Matt LaFleur? And the reason why I say that is because look at it at a head coach that is sitting on the sideline and their player, their star player, Aaron Rodgers, is walking off the field screaming at him saying, what in the F are we doing? What are we doing out here? 
to me, that tells me that he's lost the team. He doesn't have the cojones to do what he needs to do to make the proper decisions. And I know, I know, if I was a good defensive corner and I saw that, I, I wouldn't want to go there because that that tells me there's a bad uh, vibe going in mm-hmm. Green Bay. Um, I'm gonna hang up and listen to you guys. I appreciate it, man. Thanks. Um, when now coaches have gotten into it with players before they've had, you know, tete-a-tetes on the sideline of disagreements or what have you. Um, usually when that happens, there is an erosion of respect. Let, let, let me put it this way. How many times have you yelled at your boss? Now it's hard for us to put ourselves in, in ourselves in the same realm as um, as star players making twenty million a year because you just feel yourself differently, you know. But how many of us have, even if we've been really successful at what it is we do, how many of us have ever yelled at our boss in the heat of the moment? Maybe. You know, it's like, you know, come on, do this. You know, you know, damn it, I can't. You know, you got to understand, you know, and then you sit down and talk about it. Okay, it happens. It happens. It just doesn't happen very much. It doesn't happen very often. I'm not saying it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a common occurrence, and I'm not saying it's a detrimental look. It's just not a good look. You know, it's not a good look when the player appears to be yelling at the coach and not vice versa. You know, now I still know I go back to the day when Mike Sherman was yelling at Brett Favre and Brett Favre turned to him and kind of smiled like, what are you going to do about it? And that's exactly what he said to him. What are you going to do about it? And Mike Sherman knew right then and there he was snipped. He's done. What are you going to do about it? Um. Yeah, and tell me tell me any coach that's ever been yelled at that hasn't gotten right back into the player's face to the not maybe not screaming but came right up to them and had that man-to-man conversation after that when things don't seem to be eroding and starting to run amok. It's a good that's a good point. It's a good point. Let's go to our buddy Gerard listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, what's going on today, man? How you doing? Hey, Bill, that was an excellent point. Um, you know, look, uh, about Bart Starr, um, I'm not going to get into it. I, I knew him, and but I'm going to say this. He said to me when I said I tried snowed him one day, and I said, "Well, you you were a pretty good coach." And he says, "No, I wasn't." He says, "I wasn't prepared or ready to be a head coach." And then him and Dan Devine together ruined the Packers for years because Bart Starr made a lot of terrible. He's my idol now, but mm-hmm. he made a lot of terrible, including Ted Hendricks when he didn't resign him and then he went to the Raiders and even though Green Bay got compensation for him, uh, they should have kept him. He had actually his best year probably of his career with Green Bay that time, that year before he left. But anyway, Bill, what LaFleur and Rogers, do you feel either they both would go or both would stay? Because I don't think they would get rid of LaFleur and bringing another head coach with Rodgers at this point. And and that that's what I was thinking. So I you know either either in my opinion 
I would say they both go or they both stay. And my, I would lean towards they both go. But <laughs> right. But, uh, you know what I'm saying, Bill? Do you, right, do you right, right. I, I, don't, I don't think they, you know, LaFleur is a, the, the other guy who made a great point was he's a coordinator wanting to be a head coach. Okay. Well, he's not. He doesn't have the command of, of men, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. He has the he has the brains, but he doesn't have that missing thing that makes you a great head coach. And I think that's what's missing with the Packers. Right. So that's what I think. So in your opinion, that's what I would like to know. And it, it, do you believe that, what I'm saying, that it would either be both or none? I, I really think that if anybody, if they were going to make a change, it would probably be to trade Rodgers rather than get rid of Matt LaFleur at this point. That's just my thought. Right. Um, I would think that, first of all, I think Matt LaFleur is safe. As much as I've said today, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Matt LaFleur is going to get a shot at correcting this. Unless they just see something that's so completely inept behind closed doors that he's lost the team, then you have to make a change. But if if he be, if you believe that Rodgers is still on the same page with him and you can run this thing back, then they're going to give him every opportunity to run it back. But they, I, I make no mistake about it. There's no way in hell, no way that you can keep the coaching staff the same as what it is, specifically starting with Joe Barry. You've got to get rid of Joe Barry, period. Okay, so the story. if they do, if they can't, yeah. well, let's say for argument's sake, if they keep Joe Barry, what do we do? You see what I'm saying? What do we do? Oh, uh, if they, do we do? well, then I, I, you know, I, good God, if they keep Joe Barry, I, I, I can only imagine that Packers fans will grab, you know, flaming pitchforks and such and start to storm the Bastille because there's no way you could. There, there, there's just no way. You can't be that stupid. Right, but one more one thing that's important. I haven't read all these media guys in Green Bay and all that stuff. I see them sometimes on the, their Twitter stuff, but how are they writing about Barry? How are they doing it? Because it's basically the fans and the media that run people out of town, right? Yeah. It was, uh, I, I look at it as everybody now knows. I mean, the fans, the media, the media specifically, nationally, locally, are now questioning Matt LaFleur, like, how can this be this bad? And when you're, the media is saying it, I'm sure Matt LaFleur is getting it inside 1265, but we're all looking at this going, you can't allow this to continue. This this is bad. This is his historically bad numbers. When you're talking 22 missed tackles, the sheer fundamental your 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 coaching is becoming into question now. It's not just about putting the right guy, the guy right guy in the right place at the right time. This is about does your team even practice this? You are so fundamentally bad, and if you're not fundamentally bad, then your guys are slow stepped. And if they're slow stepped, is it because they don't they don't want to play? They're not that good, and there's no way Gutekinds is going to go. No, the players suck. Because he's going to say, no, I put good talent on the field. This guy is basically taking away, taking away their will to, to succeed, which means they're slow afoot, which means instead of hitting a guy with your shoulder, you're grabbing a guy two yards away from you, which gives them the ability to break tackle. I look at it as there's no way you can continue this, this particular path, down this path with Joe Barry. I, you just can't do it. Otherwise, you're completely rewarding ineptitude. And then what, that, what, what, then what is your message? You know? is right now we missed 22 tackles now we've been seeing this all year okay mm-hmm. so he already comes out with this number and yet and and, and he's saying basically it's barry's fault totally totally barry's fault or what what is he saying then he's blaming his he's not calling out his players right 
So, right. so whose fault is he saying it's Barry's fault? So then why, like you said, they're not going to fire a guy during the year, which they should because other teams do it. Why, why not the Pack? See, the, in my opinion, Bill, and this is a big thing I've always felt, the Pack has always got to go the extra mile to make themselves look good and everything because they always felt that they're the small market and no player really wants to come there. And, and so they always have to do this snow job and all this other stuff and make sure they cross their T's and, and all this other stuff. So, so they, they have to give this example, uh, look, here's another reason to come to Green Bay. Or they always have this fear factor, in my, in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. it, it right. really is. And with the money today, it shouldn't be that way. But a lot of people still. Now, what do you think Zandarius Smith is saying about the Packers organization? You think he's calling all of his friends saying that they, they're they great, you know, their organization is very good and all this? You know, and, and this guy Abrams, who they just cut, I would love to interview him and say, what happened? What's happened? I, no, I, I would agree. I appreciate the phone call because we got to run here. But I, I would say this, that I look at it as um, the what what they are saying about – and I, I also want to address something over here on uh, the Bud Light live stream as well. What it says to me is that with, with Matt LaFleur, he's trying to appease everybody. He's trying not to throw his players under the bus. He's trying not to throw his coaches under the bus. But then he'll point at the players. We just got to make plays. We got to be in the right place at the right time. Coaches got to coach better. He's, he's kind of throwing everybody into the pot. He's talked about himself. You notice he never he never mentions a player by name, whether it's Rodgers or anybody else. Yeah, we had some turnovers. No, you had two errant passes by the quarterback. That's the turnovers. It wasn't like guys were out there dropping the ball or guys are you know fumbling it all over the place. No, it was two bad passes. One that got batted up into the air, right? I th- I think that... This I, I I still you know the season is the season, but when it comes to the off season, I really believe there's going to be probably one, two, maybe three coaching changes, starting with the firing of Joe Barry, and then they're going to have this vast search for a new defensive coordinator with a, a, a new tenacity, an energy, uh, a machismo that's going to come in and really try to energize that that defense, and that way Matt Lafleur doesn't have to worry about it anymore. He can just go on with the offense and get back on the same page with Aaron Rodgers. But I also firmly believe that this coming season, this has to be like Rodgers has to say, I'm back, I'm in, I'm ready to go. And it's OTAs, it's mini camps, it's it's being that leader, it's being that guy. You can't just say, I'm going to play, and then, oh, by the way, in the offseason, I'm not going to put that work in. I'm going to go off with my own trainer in L.A., and I'm going to lay on a beach, and I'm going to run up and down hills. I'm going to do this, but you're going to do it away from you. I think it's... We're all in it together. Let's do this. Let's make another run at it. And then it's kind of reinvigorating, re-empowering the head coach. You bring in a new defensive coordinator. He brings a different energy, a different thought, a different level, a different a different want to, a different machismo. And then things begin to get uh, back on the right track. Because you're also going to be doing it with different player personnel. Got to take a quick break. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, don't 
Don't forget about uh, the barbecue lover in your life. And support a local business. That's our friends at Burn Pit BBQ. BurnPitBBQ.com. They have the gift boxes right now. So you get uh, the sauce you want, maybe a rub, some hot sauces. You can combine it, put it all together. You can order it. They'll ship it out right away, get it to you, wrap it up. You can wrap it up, make it look real nice. Uh, good stuff from our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. BurnPitBBQ.com. Veteran-owned and right here in the state of Wisconsin. They are from Racine, Wisconsin. Again, BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. All right, time to make some NFL picks uh, that, uh, in my opinion at this point in time, are pretty sure to go wrong. I don't know where to start. I'm, I'm really iffy about a lot of these games. Uh, but... But if I got to go in one direction, uh, I'm going to start in Detroit. Uh, Jacksonville coming in as a one-point favorite to Ford Field. Now, we watched the Lions go toe-to-toe with the Bills. Jacksonville, however, coming off of a uh, an emotional high after they got a win over the Ravens, 28-27 last week, and they feel like they've got something going on. In the meantime, the Lions, they went toe-to-toe with the Buffalo Bills, one of the best teams in the AFC as well. They came up just a little bit short. But Jacksonville giving a point at this one to the Lions who are at home. I'm going to take the Lions to win. I'm going to take the Lions to win this one. Ben Kenny? I am taking the Jaguars. It's my bet of the week. It might be my game of the year pick. Oh, 100%. As I've said, their point differential has not been one of a seven-loss bad team. They're, They're good. They just haven't been able to win close games yet. They've been losing them. Now we saw that turn with the Ravens game. I think that continues. And no better team, Bill, we know, is better at losing close games than the Lions. So I think it plays perfectly into Doug Peterson's hands. I will take my Jaguars. There you go. So he's got the Jaguars. I have the Lions. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you've got the Minnesota Vikings, a hard-fought victory over the – the Patriots, but coming in, you've got the Jets. The Jets looked like world beaters last week. Now, whether that's a one-hit wonder, we'll have to wait and see. But Minnesota at home, they're given three. I don't know if I can take that. Minnesota, though, five and one at home. Five and one at home. It's a little bit. It's making me a little leery because we saw what the Jets' front four can do. Uh, against an offense, but I think the Vikings just have too much. I think the Vikings cover, and the Vikings get the win at home. They go to 10-2 and two on the season. I had to think about this because the Jets are 4-1 and one on the road. They went into Lambeau Field, got a win. The Jets have been pretty good this season when it comes to going on the road. So uh, their only road loss came at the hands, of the hands of the Patriots, and they just beat the hell out of a bad Chicago Bears team. I'm going to take the Vikings at home, though. <laughs> You sound so confident. Oh, that's great. I don't, I don't have any confidence at all in this pick, but I, I kind of I flip-flop from that last night, if you noticed. Uh, yes. Yes, I have. Yeah. I, you're like Corso, who at the yeah. end, he's doing his game day headgear pick, and he leads people the wrong way first. But this is just yeah. you trying to talk yourself in one direction, which I, yeah, it, it is. is what it is. Yeah. Uh, if, if I was smart, I might take the Jets, but I'm not. I said last night I think the Titans beat the Eagles this weekend. So I'm going to take them plus five. Or even if the Eagles win, I don't see it being a blowout. The, the Titans keep it tough. They'll get you into a phone booth and knock you around. 
So mm-hmm. the Eagles injuries still definitely hurting them in the secondary at tight end. I think the Titans can keep it close at least, and then I think they win. Uh, last but not least, uh, this one is somewhat of a no-brainer. Um, I know they got that emotional first victory uh, for Jeff Saturday, but the Colts went back to being who they are. They're going to get killed down in Dallas. Uh, I think the Cowboys are just going to plow through them. Cowboys 10.5-point favorites. I'm, I'm picking the Cowboys to win and to cover. I just That's it. I don't know. I don't like those big numbers, but it appears you're fine with them. Yeah. I'll close with <laughs> the Las Vegas Raiders. Bill, Pac-12 title game Friday night, Las Vegas. It's a sold-out building. It's going to be a great one. Utah, USC. You got Caleb Williams, Heisman contender on one side. You got a Utah team that beat them by one on a two-point conversion in the regular season. On the other side, college football playoff berth on the line. All those good things. That's happening in Las Vegas. And then a very uh, weirdly matched football game will happen on Sunday. But I'll take the Raiders plus one and a half there. You, uh, I thought it was an even game. I thought it was the over and under is 50 and a half. And I thought it was now down to the line. Is it even oh. on that one? Well, that sucks. It was one and a half yesterday. So I'll, <laughs> I, think it, I think it's even. Uh, whatever. I'll, I'll take the Ravens, uh, the Raiders, excuse me, even. T- taking the Raiders at home. Okay. The Raiders two and two at home. The Chargers four and two on the road. Six and five overall. They've been more successful on the road than they have at SoFi, because clearly SoFi is not a home field advantage for them by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but you got to uh, think the people of Vegas are fired up for the Pac-12 title, so they'll show out on Sunday. <laughs> so, no, they'll be hungover. Ah, uh, that's that's for Saturday, Pac-12 Bill. Pac-12. It's a Friday night game. Uh, what is there to do in Vegas anyway, except for watch football, right? Right. right? Yeah. You know, the bunny ranch empties out and everybody goes to the game. There you go. So, so I got the Cowboys getting, uh, getting the win and winning outright. I got the Vikings getting the win. And then, uh, obviously the, uh, the first one, I have the lions at home getting the win. I pick, I'm going with the home teams this week. Normally I don't normally I try to pick some of those, those road road favorites. <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, uh, well, you know what? I, I, I'm right back to even. I'm still, you know, even record. So you're right. It could be like a, almost a coin flip. But uh, they, what is it in Vegas? They, if you go 60% wins, you're, you're winning money? 56. You're winning money? 56%. 56%? Because okay. of the juice on either side. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I, get, I, I go three for three this week, and I'm right back in it. I'm right, I'm right back to doing well. I'm not sub. I'm not sub 500. So. Oh yeah, you know. I am. But I, I've been very outward that my NFL picks are are not that great. I will say, Bill, my my real pick of the weekend: Kansas State's yeah. going to beat TCU on Saturday. You think so? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They should. They should not be underdogs in this game. I. Uh, okay. So you got uh, USC and U- Utah. So give me your thoughts on USC and Utah. Is USC just the by far the better team? I mean, I think they are, but USC has been beaten by Utah already this year. Three-sentence summary, USC's turnover differential is insane, and it's not something they'll replicate forever. They do have the Heisman, Caleb Williams, and he makes all the difference in the world. Utah, I, they've, they put up a lot of points on USC, and they would like to probably play a lower-scoring game. Like, I would pick USC if they hadn't had, had like a 35-plus turnover differential, and that's what leads them to win games. So I, I think it's going to be really close. I, I think it's a toss-up, but Caleb Williams will probably make more plays in the end. Um, I've got uh, Georgia getting the win over the LSU, and hopefully the, I, as, as much as I would love a topsy-turvy top four in the, uh, in the final four, uh, I hope Georgia beats the snot out of LSU. 
They're going to win LSU credit. They're, they're going to win by 40. Jaden Daniels, the quarterback at LSU, is a little banged up. Very mobile guy. So when he's banged up in a walking boot, you know that his mobility is limited. LSU yep. has to play a perfect game to even keep it close, and I don't think they can. I, uh, I'm hopeful for K-State to beat TCU. TCU pretty strong, the Horn Frogs, but uh, I like Vaughn and what he can do. Uh, I'm kind of excited about uh, K-State uh, giving him the ball as much as possible, although he's not a big touchdown machine, but he can rack up yards and keep the chains moving. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and then obviously I I would love to see – there's no way in hell Purdue gets the win. But uh, Spoiler I makers. Love, I would love to see – yeah, I would love to see the spoiler makers do their job against Michigan. Uh, if Michigan would lose, does Michigan get, get bounced out of the top four? No way. I wouldn't. No think way. So. Their resume is too good. Yeah. Um, and like so. Ohio State also has one loss, but they lost to Michigan. And that brings up this right. timeless story, which now the playoffs expanding. Good thing these games right. won't matter anymore. And they'll all just right. make it. Yep. What a joke. And then obviously you have the, uh, the, the Subway ACC championship. And that is uh, Clemson and North Carolina. And uh, Clemson's going to win that game. Pretty much going away. So. I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you this, though. I mean, Shipley's having a hell of a season. 14 touchdowns on the year. He's got over a th- almost 1,100 yards. He's had a hell of a season. Been a touchdown machine. If you think Wisconsin's but, offense is inept, you should watch Clemson play football. It is It is comical. Clemson has not put up huge numbers. I agree with you. Uh, but their defense is just so good. Just so good. So, anyway, that's uh, just a few thoughts going into the weekend for some of the conference championship games. Uh, let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. This portion of the program brought to you by the Social House. Uh, I know they're opening up early uh, on this weekend uh, for the USA uh, soccer match. Uh, football on the pitch, if you will. Uh, but that being said, they're going to be open early. But if you're looking for a great place to go, good food. Uh, they, they're the home of the cheese curd burger, which goes year-round for them. And it's curds. It's not a giant curd. It is the cheese curds burger. They just got them everywhere. So you want, so you want a good food, good food, stop in, get yourself a really good Bloody Mary over there as well. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers worked out inside the Hudson Center, reviewing the game plan against the Bears Sunday. There's excitement the Packers could get rookie receiver Romeo Dobbs back. He practiced for the first time since suffering a high ankle sprain against the Lions a month ago. Dobbs asked if he could play this Sunday. Right now, it's real questionable. I don't know what's going to happen. I'll leave that up to medical staff or whatnot, but... You know, I feel great coming out today. Expect it to feel real good coming out again tomorrow. Aaron Rodgers did not practice, but insists he'll play despite some sore ribs and a fractured thumb. Why does he want to face the Bears? Mm, pride, uh, for one, love of the game. Uh, they're paying me to play. You know, a lot of different issues, but, you know, I love to compete and want to be out there with my guys. I asked Matt Lasseur about Rodgers insisting he'll be ready. Well, it just speaks to how competitive he is and how much he's invested into this game, this team, and uh, regardless of circumstances. And that's what we kind of talk about our team all the time is competitive greatness, being your best when your best is required, regardless of the circumstance. That's one thing you can always expect from him. Last year when the Packers beat the Bears 24-14, to Aaron Rodgers yelled, I own you, to the fans in the stands. Do the Bears want a rematch? 
Tight end and Chicago native Cole Komet. Yeah, let's bring it on. You know, I mean, why wouldn't you? You know, he's the he, he's the he's the staple of their franchise, and you know, to get an opportunity to go beat him, you know, it, it would always be a good feeling. So yeah, I, I would you know like to see Aaron out there for sure. That's Bears tight end Cole Komet in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back. Good to have you. Good. Good fare. Good fare. This time of year, you want to go take a load out? They got the pasta bowl going on at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. And that is uh, right there on uh, County Road K in Oconomowoc. Stop in and tell Tom and Stacy and everybody that we said hi. They've got uh, all kinds of good sauces to go with it. Delicious to the bones. They have got uh, some uh, clucking chicken around, too. They've got different uh, different dishes. They're always coming up with something new. It's really cool. And they cater. So if you're looking for catering, you can find catering as well. Uh, 262-727-7255. 262-727-7255. Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews right out there in County Road K in Oconomowoc. Great people. Great place. Go take a load off. Get some holiday cheer. Go enjoy yourself. Good stuff from our friends at Boondocks. Uh, coming up in the next hour, we are going to hear from Matt LaFleur as he goes to the podium today. Um, this is uh, from Max. Max says, uh, love all the talk about the coaching staff and the criticism of the front office, as well as Joe Barry. I think there's enough blame to go around for this season, but I think it starts with the players on the field. Who is the unmotivated players that you would like to get rid of? And then he says, uh, exclude their salaries. Who would you get rid of? Oh, boy, that's a great question. If, if I were going to upgrade positions, let's start there, okay? Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard, right there. I think Cobb's been a better receiver than both, okay? So upgrade, obviously, the wide receiver position with another veteran and another draft choice. Uh, Josh Myers has had a down season. So I my assumption is he'll come back and play better next year, but I he's had a down season. The offensive line has not looked good since Senevich became the offensive coordinator. I'll go with that. I would like to upgrade the tight end position. Hey, you're not going to get Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, Tyler Davis. Those guys pretty much, they're on the outside looking in. Another, by the way, DeGuara, another third-round draft choice, bust. So you've got Tanyan and whomever else you bring in. You need another running back or two. Dean Lowry, bye. T.J. Slayton, bye. Start over with uh, another guy in the trenches. You can rotate him in with Jerron Reed, Devontae Wyatt. Um, I, I would assume Crosby, this is probably his last year. Even though he's kicked pretty well, I would assume this is his last year. Um. Because you go with him back to 2006, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Out of that defense? Ooh. Um, Quay Walker's going to get better. Devontae Wyatt's going to get better. I wouldn't get rid of Devondre Campbell. Preston Smith is due for the upseason, so I'm not going to get hit rid of him next year. I like the tenacity of Isaiah McDuffie. 
I think you've got I, I you know what you'd like to what you'd like to get better at is the tenacity of your safeties and you want to get Stokes back and back on track and obviously with Jair and maybe you would go in a different direction than Rasul Douglas. There's just a few of the weaknesses that I believe are sitting there right now. Darnell Savage was a hitter. I don't know what's happened to him, but it's like he got hurt and all of a sudden he didn't want to hit anymore. So that that's the answer to your question. We've got another hour yet to go. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.